0: Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged
1: into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom. You're listening to 50 Pirates in 50 Days on the Sports Objective Podcast between now In the Pirates' scheduled season opener on August 29th against Marshall, we will take a daily trip down memory lane as we will talk to former East Carolina football players about their path to ECU, their time in the purple and gold, and what they're up to now. Now let's talk Pirate football. Welcome into the Sports Projected Podcast. We continue on with our 50 Pirates in 50 days. And as you see there on the top right of the screen, very excited right now to be joined by former East Carolina defensive back from 2008 to 2012, Leonard Falk. Leonard,
0: welcome to the show.
1: It's a blessing to be here, be able to talk to you guys at Power Nation. Absolutely. I'm very excited to have you on. Of course, your career spanned the Skip Holtz and Ruffin McNeil eras. And uh, you, your first two years in the program, the Pirates won, of course, uh, those back to back Conference USA titles. I know one of those years, the very first year in 2008, you were red shirted, but um, certainly a lot of success early on. And then that continued throughout your career. So let's just go back to, uh, I guess, 2007 or so. You're coming out of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I think it was what, Richville, Richville, Northeast High School. Is that Richland right? Northeast. Yeah. Yes, sir. Richland Northeast. Uh, so just talk about your recruitment. Of course, Coach Holtz had been at South Carolina for several years on his dad's staff. And then he had been at East Carolina since 2005. And I know your brother played at South Carolina. So um was that a relationship with Coach Holtz and maybe he went back that far?
0: Yes, sir. Actually, my brother, I played with him for uh, three years Northeast. We actually went to state championship my sophomore year. And then my brother, his first scholarship, Roddy Park's first scholarship came from East Carolina. We actually came down for a visit out for him a scholarship, but he went on to play for South Carolina. And, um, the summer before my senior year, I went down to ECU for a camp and, uh, Rick Smith offered me at that camp. So I was able to come down to Greenville and learn how the atmosphere was and learn from Rick Smith. And he offered me that day and I actually committed September 11, 2007. Um, ECU. Who else were you recruited by? What other offers did you have, Leonard? I had South Carolina State. South Carolina wanted me to come as a preferred walk-on, and then Kentucky offered late.
1: Okay. So um, you mentioned Coach Rick Smith. We were talking about Coach Smith a little bit pre-show and how much we think of him. Uh, one thing's for sure, uh, Coach Smith is certainly a straight shooter, as you can attest to. And so just talk about Coach Smith uh, once you got on campus there in 2008 and um, the way he was working with you guys in the defensive backroom.
0: Because Rick Smith, like you said, is a straight shooter. He's not going to be around the bush or anything. He lets you know he's a Christian. He comes in. He lets you know what he's expected. Um, He actually has some other members, players on the team who actually took me under his wing and is actually able to teach me what he what his system or how he wanted to play. Uh, His number one rule was you don't get beat deep. If you don't want to play, if you want to play, you don't get beat deep. So I learned a lot from Rick Smith, like, say, a straight shooter. And he lets you know his expectations up front. You know, so it was a blessing to be able to learn a lot from him, especially going further in my career.
2: What did you uh, talk, talk about guys uh, taking you under your wing? Uh, I guess you were kind of there mostly at the same time, but uh, what were your thoughts on Emmanuel Davis?
0: Great guy. I learned a lot from him, him and Travis Simmons. They taught me a lot, pretty much how to see the game from a different lens. You know, don't rush the game. Let it come to you. So being able to learn from all American like Emmanuel Davis and Travis Simmons, it was a blessing. And not a lot of people have those teams in front of you, you know. So I was actually able to sit back and learn from them and be in the film room and see what they see, especially as a young guy. I thought
2: Emmanuel was just amazing in in zone coverage. I mean, if if he could have just played zone his whole career, man, the the
0: amount of interceptions I think he would have had would have set records. Oh, yeah. Quick like a cat, you know. He's able to react right when the ball is thrown, you know. So he's a great guy.
1: And Kyle, actually – Leonard and I, before uh, you joined us during the pre-show, we were talking about Emmanuel, and Emmanuel's agreed to come on, um, so we'll hopefully be talking to him soon. Uh, Of course, three-time All-Conference USA guy, had a tremendous career up in the CFL um, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, among others, uh, so look forward to talking to him. And uh, like you said, you certainly were learning, learning from a very good one. And so just talk about those early years. And I know you had the opportunity, even though you weren't uh, playing in the defensive backfield very much. Uh, you were a standout on special teams and uh, making a lot of tackles uh, for the Pirates on kickoff and so forth.
0: So pretty much when you first get to campus, if you redshirt like I was my first year, they put you on scout team. So, yes, no, I wasn't able to play national games, but I was able to make my practices my games, being able to capitalize on my opportunity. You know, you many people count the reps, but I learned to make my reps count. Um Being able to go against the offense on scout team, I was able to be the scout team player of the year my freshman year and be able to learn how they work and how they move. Because a lot of upperclassmen, they don't talk to freshmen if you're playing around. Um It went a long way. Also being able to learn from the other defensive or playing when you're not playing the games, you watch React to film, how to see things when your turn comes up, you know how to um year, you know, being able to play for them as well, mainly. Leonard, you're you're cutting in and out on this big
1: time. My risk <laughs> counselor, everybody get opportunity to play. Leonard, can can you hear us okay?
0: I I think you're on un- mute,
1: okay. no, yeah, I was a moment ago. now I'm unmuted. Can can you hear uh, me or Kyle say something?
2: Leonard, you, you were cutting in and out on our end. Can you hear us okay? Uh oh, Bubba. Yeah, I'm coming in right now. Okay. Good old technology. Yeah,
1: Leonard, try <laughs> signing out, try signing out and back in right quick. All right. I don't know. It had been fine up to this point, so yeah. Viewers, we apologize. Obviously, uh, you're uh, w- witnessing the technical difficulties that we're experiencing right now. Uh, had no issue in the first ten minutes during the pre-show, and hopefully now as we're adding Leonard back in. Can you hear us okay now, Leonard? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. R- R- yes, P- sir. But, they R- two were three thoughts you had, and I think Kyle was going to ask you to repeat those, if you would, please, because they're breaking up. and We couldn't make any of it out.
2: I, don't, I still don't think we're, we're connected here. Leonard, can you hear us? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we got you. Can you hear us? I <laughs> oh,
1: Lord. I'm alone. As, as fate would have it, uh, you know, perfect for the pre-show. And you, you, I could tell it's on his end. Did you see um, it, his connection um, besides the fact that he dropped a shot there even when he was on there? Yeah. It, it was blurry. There we go. There. Leonard, can you hear us now? Yes, sir. Leonard, Leonard are you are you on your laptop or uh, or what device are you using?
2: I'm on a laptop right now. Okay, it looks like we got a good connection now, with just a little lag. We can we can deal with that. Can uh can 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 you repeat? I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna log in from my phone. Maybe that goes better. I think we're good now, Leonard. We just have a little. Uh... <laughs>
1: so, Bubba, how are you? And then he disappeared into the night.
2: Yeah, he's going to go log in on his phone, everybody. So maybe we'll get a better connection with that. But uh, actually, <laughs> all right, then, just with a little lag, we can deal with that. We've, we've dealt with that in the past.
1: Yeah. And viewers, uh, while we're waiting on Leonard to rejoin us um, earlier today, the MIAC, uh, of course, the Pirates are playing. Or was scheduled to play Norfolk State on September 19th, but that will no longer take place. And due to the MEAC's decision to not play football this fall, and uh, with that being the case, and the Pirates are looking for a game, I know App State uh, was unable to to play Wisconsin because the Big Ten, of course, went to a conference-only schedule. And they're they're available should John Gilbert decide to go that route. I think Old Dominion is as well. It looks like Leonard has rejoined us. Uh, Leonard, can you hear us better now? Yes, sir, I can.
0: Use it from I'm my phone. <laughs> All
1: right, very good. Go and go ahead, Cal.
2: No, I was going to Leonard. Just uh, if you if you can remember what you just said a few minutes ago, uh, can you repeat
0: those thoughts? Yes, sir. Um, like I said, my first year coming on the campus, no, I did, wasn't able to play, but I redshirted. It's to be able to prove yourself. I, I was able to make practices my games. Um, being able to be on scout team, going against the number one offense, being able to not count my reps or make my reps count and then be able to learn from people like Travis Simmons and Emmanuel Davis and Van Estris going forward, I'm able to see things from a different light and capitalize on my opportunities I was able to get. I was also able my first year, my freshman year, be able to be scouting player of the year um, because of my work ethic, during practice, things like that, being able to capitalize on my opportunities. Then when my second year came, I was still playing behind All-Americans, Travis Simmons and um, Emmanuel Davis. So I pretty much played on special teams. When we were up in big games, I was able to get some reps to be able to make my reps count. So I think God for those um, players in front of me be able to teach me the ropes going forward. What was it like being a part
2: of two back-to-back conference championships in 8 on the scout team? But I mean, like you said, you were scout team player of the year, and that's important, man. You're you're uh, you're getting them ready every week, and then uh, 2009, you were actually able to you know get playing time for special teams and, and 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 other opportunities. So what was it like uh, being a part of? Uh, Two conference championships.
0: It was a blessing being able to bring something to Greenville, especially our first year um, beating, I think it was Tulsa, down there at Tulsa, being able to beat them and bring that back to Greenville, watching the City, Europe. And the number one thing that I learned going into my uh, second year of the conference championship was we wasn't trying to um, go back to back our main goal is to win another one. Many people, when they're defending the title, they're pretty much taking all the blows, but we was actually mentality of going forward. We're going to get another one. So having that mentality going forward and not, you know, playing around, but knowing our objectives that the seniors ahead of us laid the foundation for us to do. It was a blessing.
2: Yeah, That's exactly right too, because it ain't like in boxing or something like that, where you have the belt and you, you can try to get by and win on points. You know, you got to go win another one. You're not the defending champion. You're, you're trying to win another championship. It's brand new. So, uh, that's, that's definitely the right mentality.
1: Yes, sir. Leonard, we have some of your uh, friends and family chiming in here. Uh, love you, Leonard Polk. Uh, you're definitely our champ. Thank you, Miss Sawyer. So,
2: what was it like? Uh, I, I don't know if Bubba wants to touch on anything else from the 08, 09 seasons, but what was it like? Um, transitioning in from from Coach Holtz's staff to to Coach Ruff and uh, and his staff?
0: It was a good transition. Um, I believe Coach Ruff had a business mentality going forward, which was, you know, being able to learn his system. But when Coach Ruff came in, it was more of a family mentality, Um, being able to look out for everybody and being able to, you know, go with him with personal problems that you do have and be able to uh, open up and talk to us in a different way. Um, but being able to learn from two dynamic head coaches like that with two different styles made me the person I am today.
1: We also have Kiana Paulk chiming in.
0: Hey, Miss Kiana. That's my brother's wife, my little brother's wife.
1: But, um, but, yeah, and that's what Kyle talked about, that transition to Coach Ruff, um, obviously um, – and during those years, that that also meant a new um position coach and defense coordinator for you. And so so talk about that more from the defensive side of the ball.
0: Um like I've learned, it's only gonna be a pass or a run. So to be able to learn different styles, it was it was hard at first being able to have two years learning one system and then having to retrain your body and retrain your mind to learn a whole different system. But if you want to play, you'll do it quickly. That's why I really had to learn and adapt that I wanted to play. So I had to, instead of spending my time out hanging out with friends, I had to put my dedicate myself to that playbook to be able to learn to produce
1: on the field. So uh, in that 2011 season, um, the Pirates, of course, in in 2010, Russ' first year, um, we suffered a, a bad loss to Navy at home. Um, but you guys went up to Annapolis the following year. Dominique Davis. Uh, Lit the world on fire that day, uh, completing what twenty-eight for twenty-eight in the first half, something ridiculous like that, set an NCAA record. And then uh, I know uh, one of the one of the photos I used to promote this podcast was the one of you on the on the field after the game with the saber in your hand, uh, running over maybe to the uh, to the band or something. And, yeah. So just talk about your uh, tremendous memories of that day in Annapolis and some other. Excellent memories you have from your Pirate career, be it a um, favorite game or just favorite plays, what have you. Going to that year, I have to go back to the previous year. It was
0: embarrassing for the team. It was embarrassing for the city of Greenville, Pirate Nation, to have Navy do what they did to us. Um, yes, we had new coaching staff, but that doesn't matter. When you're in between those lines, you play the game. So it was embarrassing, and we felt like we had to play with a chip on our shoulder to regain you know, our confidence back and that's what we did when we went up there to Annapolis to play against Navy. You know, we had to play. You know, it was very disrespectful what they did to us. I think they have the NCAA rushing record or something um, against us, and it was just pathetic. It was sad, you know. And I was a part of that because I was on the team as well. So we made sure the next year going forward that we had to take the time to study. Okay, look what happened last year and learn from our mistakes going forward. So when we actually won that game, it was a big blessing because Navy runs a different type of offense you don't see everywhere and be able to learn how to get off those chop blocks and make plays, you know, you got to do that stuff to win.
2: In, so the was-
0: in the second half of that game, Leonard, <clears throat> y'all
2: did a good job against triple option, but all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they started throwing bombs. Um, and, and we didn't really adjust um, very well, anyway. Um, talk, talk about that. I mean, I, I, all week getting ready and doing a good job, stopping the triple option, then all of a sudden they want to start going deep on us. How, how, how did that
0: affect y'all mentally? It did. It affected us a lot because to see the previous year they didn't throw the ball at all. We knew they had pass plays in their package, but we knew they was run heavy, and that's what we pretty much practiced for. We threw a play in every now and then, but we knew they was going to be run heavy. So when we started stopping that, we knew they was going to throw, but we were still trying to, especially being defensive back. They chop like crazy, so when you try to protect your legs, and where right when they fake a chop, they keep going straight. So you got to learn to adjust. And when you start backing up, play the pass, and they start running on you more. So it's pretty much a lesson that we had to learn on the fly, especially if you wanted to win.
2: What went through your mind when the field goal was no good?
0: Lord, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> like, this is one time. It helped us out. So, But he he came through and looked out for us. Yeah, I, I met you guys. Uh, that's the last
2: time, actually, I've gone to the airport after a game. Uh, you guys flew back into Kingston that day. And uh, I met you guys at the airport. I was so damn jacked up. Y'all won that game because of what happened in
0: 2010. Oh yeah, it was a blessing,
1: <laughs> Leonard. We have your parents chiming in. Hey, mom, how you doing?
0: <laughs> I love then, you too.
1: And then uh, also, um, so she says, uh, Leonard Paul, come. Um, what would you tell your younger self um, prior to your ECU days if you could, if you could uh, have that conversation? That's
0: a good question. Thank you, Miss Sonya. I would tell my youngest self to be patient. Um, many times going through life when I was younger, I try to rush things, try to hair up and finish and try to but take your time, live life, enjoy life. Um, because like you say, life goes by fast. I look back at it now, I graduated in 12 and I'm already gonna be out. Hey, I'm already at eight years, you know. So I tell young kids nowadays enjoy the process because when it's gone, it's gone. And now, you know, nowadays when I have a daughter now, got married, have my son on the way in September. I look forward to it, but I learned to slow it out and enjoy the process.
2: Leonard, one of my favorite
0: memories of, of Coach Ruff,
2: and when I really realized, you know, I thought Coach Ruff and, and, and the staff were doing a, we're doing a, a pretty good job. But the, when I really realized, hey, Coach Ruff and these guys really know what they're doing and, and we're going to be good for a while, was actually, goes back to Navy, 2012, Navy comes into Greenville and does it to us again. Not as bad as what happened in 2010, but they, they beat us pretty handedly. The mm-hmm. very next week, we took on a pretty good Houston team, and you guys were ready to go. You you were focused. You didn't have a hangover, and you beat the snot
0: out of Houston that day. Yes. I think we was pretty much living on last year's hype because the first year they came down here and beat us, it was unexpected. We didn't play an offense like that. We took that one on the chin. The second year we had a lot of proof. The third year, oh, we we know what we're doing now. We pretty much got big headed and that's what big headed. You know, when you when you underestimate people, they always gonna come out with a fire because they felt them bears. So they had to come out here and prove a point as well. But then, like I say, you get back, regroup, hey, look, stop reading the newspaper, stop reading the headlines. You just need to play football. That's the reason why we're here is to play football. Not to read the papers, but to play football. So we gotta get back to the basics. And I don't think
2: Bubba did, is that right? Did, did starting with that Houston game, did they, did we, did we lose
1: another game that year until the bowl game? No, because we were five and four, I think. And then we want that Houston game started a three game win streak to close the year yeah. pri- prior to the bowl game against the Raging Cajuns, but, uh, no, Leonard, um, we already talked about Emmanuel Davis. Uh, you you also played with guys like Adonis Armstrong, Chip Thompson, uh, Damon Magizu, uh a young Josh Hawkins who's still playing with the Atlanta Falcons. I know you're um, excited about that and uh, following his career. But just talk about some of those guys you had the opportunity to play with because you talked to so many former players, and it doesn't obviously have to be the same position, but – the camaraderie and just, you know, those relationships that you have day in day out on campus, in the locker room, on the practice field, et cetera. uh, Those are the things that you really miss about it.
0: Well, i start with Josh Hawkins. I'm proud of him. Um, I believe my senior year, my first day at camp, I I broke my kneecap. So the whole time of camp and I missed the first game of the season versus App State, I was at a straight leg cast. Um, But Josh Hawkins, carried the torch, he didn't miss a beat. He was able to step in, and he did a phenomenal job. I believe the second game of the year, my senior year, was against South Carolina, and they knew it was a homecoming for me, so I actually played that game, Um, and Josh Hawkins sat down that game. But when I was out, he stepped up and carried the torch, and I'm actually proud of him because I actually see him develop from his freshman year on campus to the NFL star that he is now playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm just proud of him. You know, it's very good to look back and see somebody who actually go further than you are. Because, like I said, all I can do is go so far. Especially playing defensive back with a knee injury in NFL, you hardly ever see that. But to see him stay healthy, break records at ECU, and do phenomenal things in NFL was wonderful. Um, Magazine Field General, uh, I, ble- I remember distinctly the um, the interception he had versus Russell Wilson, NC State. You know, he's able because his dad was the NFL coach. See things differently. Um, no, he wasn't the fastest. No, he wasn't the strongest, but he was the smartest. He was able to be in positions to make plays. So, playing with him, Adonis Armstrong, Chip Thompson coming out from um, it was in Mississippi Junior College, they came together. They came with a different fire and passion. You know, it's good to have multiple defensive backs in a room who, at any moment in time, can step up and play. Um, because we always learn from either from Skip Post or from McNeil, you're only one play away from going there. You know, so don't count your reps. You make your reps count because you never know when your last play might be your last. So I played with a lot. Travis Simmons told me a lot when I was down there. Um Jacoby Jenkins played opposite of me my senior year. It's crazy because my freshman class coming in, I believe it was like 17, 18. And when it finished, the class that came to me was three. Me, Jacoby Jenkins, and Andrew Bodenheimer. So I was able to grow with them, and Jacoby switched from offense to defense, you know, he's my brother on the other side playing the uh, field corner, so it was a blessing being able to learn from a lot of guys, seeing a lot of guys, after I finished playing, continue to carry the torch, I believe the next year, 2013, as um, they won 10 games in a row, they got black jerseys, Justin Hardy went off 10 games in a row, so it was a blessing being able to look back and see the foundation that we built that they continue to take going forward. Yeah, 10
2: win season in 13, and the return of Brick Smith, Oh yeah. <laughs> what what was your uh, if you had to pick um if you had to pick a favorite win while you were here uh,
0: what would it be? Favorite win? Hmm. It's so many, but I would say Houston, uh, second cover championship, and Daddy Ficklin.
2: Okay. Um, Van Asker with the pick.
1: Yeah, like you're saying, Kyle, that's that's of course on Pirate Radio's uh, open now for their for PRL. And they have an excellent montage and and uh, that call by Ron Franklin, who who uh, ironically also called the people uh, in 1991. Um, tremendous job. So just love that love that call and just a tremendous game, even though there's that quick turnaround. And you know, I guess. You only had that week to plan for it, obviously, because of the, the victory over Southern Miss clinched, clinched our berth in it. Um, you, you, it wasn't necessarily one of the bigger crowds. I think there was like 34, 35,000, but it was loud. Cold and wet.
2: And, uh, yeah, those of us that were there, as I'm sure Leonard can attest to on the field, those of us that were there were loud, even though it wasn't sold out. Oh, yeah. Now Leonard,
1: now sorry. Go ahead. There's a little bit of a lag. Oh, you go ahead. I was going to ask you about your uh, Red Shirt Junior season. Uh, I know we talked about it pre-show. Um, not very often does this happen, but you had the opportunity at Bank of America Stadium to play against the South Carolina Gamecocks, which included your brother, Rodney Polk, that we already mentioned earlier on. Uh, I guess, I think that year, was was he a six-year senior at South Carolina? Is that right?
0: Yes, sir. He tore his ACL back-to-back year, so he was actually granted a six-year.
1: He was playing linebacker for the Gamecocks from Coach Spurrier. Uh, Just talk about that unique experience. Uh, Not only having the opportunity to play against your brother, but in such a tremendous venue.
0: It, I like that. Before I talk about that, I got to give some pre-background. Um, actually going to that first year, that summer, things happened with Emmanuel Davis. I had to step up and start that game. Um, I was there by first collegiate start. Um, I was nervous. I knew a lot of players on their team. I knew my brother. So we used to go out there before the games, get a little warm up there. And he looked at me and told me, they put their pads on just like you do. You know, you're built to be here. You're born to be here, capitalizing your opportunities. You know, I had a little emotional moment with him, but he pretty much embraced me. Just go out there and play football. They play just like you do. So I was able to put that in the back back of my mind, just go out there and play a great game. You know, um sadly, we had a um competition going that time. I had dreads. He had dreads. So the, the bet was, you know, if we win, you cut your dreads. If y'all win, I cut mine. So halftime, I'm up. Like, okay, we're great. I'm able to keep my dreads. You know, it's gonna be a great game out here playing good. And then game of two halves, um, they is come like, come back and beat us. You know, which is very hurtful. That's why I think Steven Garcia came back in and threw a great game, and they end
1: up coming out with victory. So goodbye, dreads. There <laughs> we go. Uh, a question for you from from Bear, and he said, "Who was the most athletic park brother?"
0: He was. <laughs> <laughs> My little brother was the most athletic due to the fact that me and my older brother played defense. Being able, He played offense, running back. His vision was phenomenal, especially watching him in high school. He was the ball boy um, when me and my older brother went to the state championship when we was in high school. Um, so he was able to see us and see our mistakes, and he actually stayed healthy his whole career. He started at North Greenville, did a couple of years down there, Then he transferred to South Carolina, earned a scholarship, earned some playing time. So he was the most athletic. You know, my little brother did a phenomenal job actually going through school. He's actually a manager of Enterprise now. He had, uh, I think, four promotions in three years in Enterprise. So I'm actually proud of, him outside of outside of football. But in football as well, he's the most athletic one.
2: So both your brothers went to South Carolina to Gamecocks, and uh, you're a pirate. Um, maybe in <laughs> in September uh, we, uh, we renew the rivalry with the Gamecocks. Uh, how, how does that
0: go between you three? Oh, it'll go wonderful, you know, but hopefully you'll be able to pull one out now, you know, so we'll just wait and see, you know, with all this COVID stuff going on right now, everybody's pretty much in limbo,
1: just pretty much waiting to see what's going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I'm, when I think back to that 2011 South Carolina game, I think about the tremendous game that, uh, that, that Lewis had, um, you know, he made some unbelievable catches uh, against uh, the Gamecock secondary.
0: Oh, yeah, Lance Lewis. Lance, yeah. Yeah, came in from junior college, lit it up. Um, he was a big blessing to our team as well, giving Dominique somebody else to throw to. Justin Hardy went off. Um, Andrew Bodeheimer went off. I think Danny Webb should play that game. I'm not – but there's a lot of offensive players stepped up that game. Yeah. We was able to play against the SEC school, you know, pretty much let them know we're not the little little brothers of the Carolina, but we can actually step up and play those big games as well, especially because big SEC school like South Carolina. That's what we're talking about. Twenty Eleven season of that South Carolina game. I am gonna move ahead a week.
2: Um, the very next week, I believe it was the very next week. Correct me if I am wrong. Uh, we hosted UAB in Greenville. Um, for I, I, I've never seen a team play so poorly on offense and win a game as we did against UAB. We turned the ball over what seven times in that game.
0: Oh yeah, it was. It was. We was it riding high. You know, emotion still high from South Carolina game, but like I said, when you get back home, you know things got to calm back down. We got to learn how to play with a short term memory. Um, yes, yeah, it didn't go well, but rebound does yourself off, T fighting again. So yeah, we oh, paid Thank God we was able to pull it out too. Yeah, talk about the pressure though. Being a
2: on the defensive side of the ball to to. Have to you know seven turnovers that means you're giving them extra possessions. I mean, talk about the pressure that put on the defense and, and how you guys managed to win that game
0: i't I wouldn't call it pressure. I would think it's an opportunity for us to okay if one side of the ball isn't functioning right now, it's up to the stake the other side of the ball to step up. There's been plenty of games where the defense wasn't holding their own the offense stepped up and took, took care of us um It was just one of those times that we actually had to take care of the offense and when they got when they got back rolling they did. Um, but being able to defense the style, we're looking for the next opportunity to make plays. If offense down, let's defense score a touchdown. Let's defense go out there and shut them down to give opportunity to the offense again. So we was able to counter, we were able to um, capitalize our opportunities whenever we got a chance to touch the field.
1: I know we touched on the, the Navy and Houston games of that 2012 season, um, but just talk about uh, after your first four years in the program, uh, like we've already discussed, a, a lot of your time had been on special teams. You had seen that start against South Carolina, and you'd seen some other playing time on defense, um, but um, very few starts. But then in, in 2012, um, there toward the middle of the year, you started, I think, seven games in a row. Uh, so and so uh, just talk about your persistence uh, and just sticking with it. Uh, how it paid off. It, um, my, like I say, my first year, my senior year,
0: first day at camp, that's when they told me I broke my kneecap. I was going one knee didn't feel right, so they told me to sit down, straight leg cast for all of camp, and um, they gave me an option. They said, well, we can do surgery, put three screws in your knee, or um, if you play, you risk the fact that top of your kneecap and go into your thigh, it just be separated. So I asked them, I said, you know, do I get a red shirt year? They said, no. I said, well, I guess I might have to play with it. I, I don't want to live my life if I would have, could have, should have, especially my senior year. So I decided to play. Um, like I said, I missed the first game um, against App State. I played the second game for South Carolina. My knees sweat up like a grapefruit. Um, I think I played a little bit in the third game versus Carolina, and I didn't. I played a little bit for Southern Miss the fourth game. But after that, I made up in my mind I have to do things to rehab myself. I'm looking up different um, Calcium on the build, strengthen my, my knees. Um, but pretty much, it was a mentality that I had to play with that, you know, this is your senior year. This is your last go around, your last hoorah with your fellow brothers. What do you want to do? Don't so want to sit on the sideline and cheer, which was, this is okay. But I actually want to go out there and contribute as well because this is my last go around. What do you remember so about you got to fight. Sir?
2: Yeah, uh, finish it all. I, I don't I, I want to interrupt you.
0: I just learned you gotta capitalize on your opportunities, you know, because like my last go around gotta end with a bang.
2: What do you remember about that crazy Marshall game in twenty twelve? That was one of the most entertaining football games I've ever seen in my life.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I had a bad game that game. I had a bad game. Senior night, mostly world high. I remember the ends. I think Aaron Dobson got one over me that game. Um pretty much had to bounce back. Um, but that was not a, a very crazy game, being able to play against Cato and Aaron Dobson. I think he went on to play with the Patriots. But being able to, you know, it was emotional for the seniors that game. But at the same time, we had a job to do. So after the emotions get all leveled out, go back and
1: just play football. That's why we was there. And, Leonard, you talk about Aaron Dobson. I guess it was that 2011 game. Uh, you probably remember it, Kyle, uh, the, the catch that he had in the corner of the end zone. Um, the way his arm was twisted, it was, ju- it was just unbelievable, and it was one of the top catches, if not the the play of the day on ESPN. But um, that, when I think of Aaron Dobson, I, I think of that play. Uh, so Leonard, just talk about uh, in the pre-show we talked about Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, Steve Shankweiler, Trip Weaver, uh, three guys which you're very familiar with, um uh, being with the Pirate program right now, and so just. Talk about those three guys and just how you feel about pirate football moving forward under Coach Houston.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Um, Coach Houston got a good resume come from – who he came from? It doesn't matter. He's a pirate. James (laughs) Madison. Yeah, but he's a pirate now, so we're glad to have him here. Trip Weaver, he was actually um, a graduate assistant when I was playing my senior year, so he has a lot of knowledge. He learned from Rick Smith and Brian Mitchell and being able to have D.K. back. You know, he's a great officer of mine. He learned a lot from Lincoln Riley. He, he learned from Skip Host and Tom Fitch when um Skip Host is here. So he has a lot of knowledge. We're just looking to get them back in pads and get them to play this year. I think last year was the first year they learned his system. But this year I think they have the offseason to work on it. And looking forward to this year, if they play, um it's going to be phenomenal because Coach Houston has a winning mentality. He doesn't take no nonsense. So looking forward to seeing them in action this year. I got an
2: interesting question for you real fast. Do, do you remember meeting Holton when he was a kid?
0: I remember that. I remember them talking about a young man who was going to change pirate football. if Because I think his dad was a sports announcer. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: So I he got a crazy arm. He could run. But I didn't have the opportunity to play with him. Um, I did coach a young man named Kaziah Everett um, at Farmville. And he's actually – He came in with Chris C.J. Johnson, so I was actually to meet him then. But I heard a lot of things about Holt Ayler's growing up, being in Greenville, going through playing baseball, things like that, and then him being a standout athlete at D.H. Conley, which is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, as as far as um, as far as Holton's concerned, uh, obviously. It's it's awesome to see a hometown kid like that sustain and making such a big impact for the Pirates. Um, but a guy I wanted to ask you about is a is a North Carolina kid, but more from the western part of the state, out my way, uh, actually in the, the town where I grew up in uh, Louisville, Clemens area, Jaquan McMillan, who is a tremendous cornerback uh, for the Pirates. And I know you're still right there in Greenville, uh, Leonard, which we'll talk about more in the moment or in a moment as far as everything that's going on with your life now. But uh, what are your thoughts as far as uh, Jaquan McMillan and some of the plays that you saw him make during the 2019 season?
0: I feel like competition brings out the best in everybody. You know, it lets you know that nobody can be relaxed, you know, because, like I say, there's always somebody out there willing to play as well once you're job. So I think competition brings out the best in everybody with McMillan and holding in there. I think it's going to be a great turnout competition-wise. To see who's going to be able to be the starting quarterback this year.
1: Absolutely. In addition to Jaquan McMillan, you have a grad transfer coming in, Nigel Nodd out of Alabama. So the uh, defensive uh, secondary is certainly looking uh, to be much improved, uh, no doubt about it. We uh, have a question for you here. I uh, said, so Did you learn anything from playing football that you've applied to your life? Be on time, capitalize on your opportunities. At work
0: now, capitalizing on my opportunities. I was um, a teacher in Farmville. An opportunity came up. I was, uh, I'm was i now an education director for the Boys and Girls Club. So I would say capitalize on the opportunity. Get places early. Don't be late nowhere. Because, like I say, in football, you late, you pretty much lost your job. You know, capitalize on the opportunities. Don't be late. And have fun.
1: You know, because, like I say, time is short. You talk about that experience in Farmville. You, you said you coached at Farmville Central or coach Kaziah Everett. Um, and I know you said that you were um, a PE teacher on the elementary level for six years. So um, bring Pirate Nation up to speed, everything that's been going on in your life over these last seven or eight years.
0: Last seven years since I graduated, like I said, I coached um, high school football in Farmville, North Carolina. Had some great years down there. Coached with um, Scott, Scott Gardner. Coached down there with him. Um, sent a lot of players to college. Um, Edward Davis played linebacker for App State. I think he finished at East Tennessee State. EJ Scott played for App State. Kayshawn Baker, he's actually playing right now for A&T. And like Kaziah Everett right now playing for ECU defensive lineman. Um, I, ended, I left last year. I'm an education director now for the Boys and Girls Club of the Coastal Plain, having a phenomenal time with them. I'm a liaison between the um, Boys and Girls Club and Pitt County Schools and Lenore County Schools. My job now, I go to schools and find out what to learn in schools and be able to take it back to the Boys and Girls Club and have a little bit of fun with it. I got married in 2016. I got a baby girl right now, Olivia. She turned one in May. And my son is set to be born in September
1: 14th. So looking forward to that. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Congratulations, and we appreciate everything that you're doing for the youth uh, in there in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, we've certainly enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we'd love to have you back on sometime down the road when we actually have some football being played. Maybe you can join us one week for our, our Pirate Football Playback where we take an in-depth look at the game.
0: Yes, sir. Just let me know. I'm always there for you. Anything for Pirate Nation.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Pirate Nation, that is Leonard Polk, a former East Carolina defensive back and special team standout from 2008 to 2012. Remember to join us tomorrow. Um, We'll catch up with Trent Tigner, former East Carolina punter. Um, That will be at 9 a.m. And then at noon tomorrow, a special surprise for you. um, We will be talking to Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. And then tomorrow night uh, at 8 p.m. we'll have Greg Gardil, uh former Pirate defensive lineman from 1987 to 1991. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. If you would, uh, give us a follow, a like, subscribe, wherever you listen, whether it's right here on Facebook, YouTube, uh, you name it. Um, we appreciate you listening to the show and we will talk to you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Have a great night and go Pirates. Go Pirates. Thanks, Bubba. Thanks, Kyle. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Leonard. Yes, sir. Go Pirates. You've been listening to 50 Pirates in 50 Days, all on the Sports Objective Podcast. Remember, each of these interviews can be seen on our Facebook and YouTube channels, or the audio only can be heard exclusively on SoundCloud and Anchor. Wherever you watch and listen to the show, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. As always, we appreciate you listening to the Sports Objective Podcast. Go Pirates!